But I'm speaking from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, picking up on our message on Sunday. On Sunday, we talked about why Jesus came in the flesh. And then we said among the many names that he was called was that he is the Prince of Peace. So this morning, I want to talk to you about Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Or if you want to call it Christmas, the gift of peace. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And we're reading from the New King James Version. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This prophecy was made by Isaiah about 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. And in this prediction or prophecy, one of the things that's underlined about this coming Savior of the world is that he would come into the world and among the many things he would bring or he would be is that he would be the Prince of Peace. Peace is something that I believe our world needs. And the truth is peace is very elusive. We look at our world, when we look at our own personal lives, we go through many things where we are not at peace at all. I don't know if you've ever had one of those days where when you woke up, first thing you touched the ground, trouble started. And it was just one problem after another. I've had those kind of days. I was just remembering, we traveled to leave Mama Bishop several years ago to South Korea. And, you know, proper arrangements were supposed to be made for us when we got to South Korea in terms of accommodation, registration. You know, those things are handled by administrative people. And for, for whatever reason, not all the arrangements had been properly made. So when we finally arrived in Korea, we did have a hotel book, but it wasn't the proper one, you know, and it really wasn't okay. And it was far from the venue. We didn't have a car. We needed to be close by. There was a much better, suitable hotel just across the road from, you know, where the conference would be with Dr. Cho. So after really going through a long process of trying to check what had happened and trying to cancel to go to the other hotel, you know what you go through, right? We finally decided to move to this other hotel called Lexington Hotel. When we got there, just like it was in the case of Joseph, the inn was full. They said there's no room. And so we spoke then to the then uh, PA of Dr. Cho, very powerful woman called Miss Lee. And uh, we told her our problem and Miss Lee says, no, uh, 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 Reverend Sono, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, I'll, I'll do it for you. So in a short while, Miss Lee phones, he says, I got the real place for you. Now remember, we've been traveling for hours. It's late at night. We are tired. We are hungry. All we want to do is sleep. And of course, with the arrangements being like that, you know, it strains the relationship a little bit. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? <laughs> There's no peace whatsoever. So finally, at least we get this room and we are so hungry and we go there. They, they say, Reverend Sono, uh, we are preparing the room for you. It will just be two minutes or five minutes. 
you know. So Ms. Lee says, actually when she speaks, she says they have an actual room for you, but it's a real Korean style room. I didn't know what she was talking about. I know what she was talking about. So while I'm preparing our Korean room, five minutes, we went out to go buy food. And, you know, the only thing we could get, if I remember well, was, uh, was ch- ch- it wasn't chicken licking, it was, uh, was the other one, Kentucky Fried Chicken. They do have Kentucky there. So, I mean, we, so here we are, you know, finally we come back with our Kentucky. Our luggage is there. We're tired. We're waiting for our room so they can't say, your room is ready, <laughs> Mr. Sono. So we go to the room. And when we get to the room, as we enter, we, we know there's no furniture in the room. Yeah. No furniture, no chairs, no sofas, no furniture. Just a small, small table. So she asks me, where's the furniture? I said, I don't know. <laughs> After a long time, I mean, you're really looking forward, right? So... So then, what do we do? I said, the only way is to sit Korean style. <laughs> so, 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 so we sit there, Korean style, to, 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 to eat our food. <laughs> but just before we eat, we thought, okay, let's take stuff to the bedroom. We go to the bedroom, we take our luggage, and then there's no bed. <laughs> reception and I say this room they say very special room I say I know it's very special I know it's very special but where's the bed where are the sofas and they say Reverend Sono in Korean style we don't use a bed we sleep on the floor (laughs) and we sit on the floor only then did I realize the floor was differently made and it's only when we went for a tour to check how Koreans live that they don't ever sleep on beds. They sleep on the floor. Needless to say, there was no peace in the sun home that day. <laughs> you know, there's days when we don't have peace at all. I've met people in my line of work, all kinds of people. People who are pursuing their careers, people who are you know, driven people, visionary people, but I've met people, stressed people, tired people, ambitious people, you know, who have great dreams, discouraged people, but it's it's very rare to meet people at peace. And it's even worse the way we talk. We like to tell everybody how hectic we are. I don't know if you understand what you mean by that. But the Bible tells us that God sent Jesus to bring peace. And we need to be at peace, to be at peace with God, peace with ourselves, peace with the world. Peace is a rare quality of our world today. Even the many peace treaties that get cut today get violated. And so at the very first Christmas, if you would, when the angels appeared to the shepherds, listen what they announce in Luke chapter 2 verse 14. The first thing they say, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. So the angels are building on the prophecy of Isaiah. That if you forget everything else about this child, is that this child has come to bring peace. And then Jesus is born and he starts ministering. And in his ministry, Jesus teaches about peace. 
He even says in Matthew 5, blessed are the peacemakers. We see Jesus when the storm arose with his disciples in the boat. He stands up and says, stop, peace, be still. And then in John chapter 14, verse 27, before he ascended to go and high, he says to his disciples, peace, I live with you. He says, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. He's saying, I'm giving you the quality of peace that you can never get from the world. He's simply saying, this kind of peace can only be gotten from me. He's simply saying this kind of peace, you can't pop a pill and get it. You can't drink something from a bottle and get it. You can't enroll in a program and get it. You cannot get it from material things. It's not the kind of peace that the world can give. It's not the kind of peace that you can get from the world because the peace of the world is fake. The peace of the world is fragile. The peace of the world does not last. And so today as we talk about this peace and as we talk about the Prince of Peace in this Christmas, I want to answer two major questions for you. Number one, I want to answer the question, what kind of peace does Jesus give? And number two, if he does give that peace and the Bible tells us he gives that peace, how do I get that peace? What are the keys to getting that peace? What are the steps to getting that peace? And so as we come to the end of 2018, for some of you, probably this year might have been the greatest year of your life. But for some of you, maybe you are sitting here stressed out, tired, because 2018 was difficult. 2018 was troublesome. And if you are here and you don't have any peace, and you look at your life, it's like everything is falling apart. I'm glad you chose the right service. Let's answer the first question. What kind of peace does Jesus give? When you study the Bible, there are about 790 verses in the Bible that talk about peace. From the Old to the New Testament. 790. That's how much this matters to God. And so, we're going to look at every one of those verses this morning. Some of you, you are saying, Amen, Maria, not convinced. I'm teasing. We're not going to look at all of them. Tell your neighbor, he got you this time. <laughs> of these 790 verses, when you really read them, you, 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 you can actually categorize them into three categories. In other words, there's three different categories or three different kinds of peace. Number one is the spiritual peace. We'll talk about that. Number two, emotional peace. Thirdly, relational peace. All these kinds of peace emanate from God. Spiritual peace, emotional peace, relational peace. Or you can, you can rephrase it and say we have what we call eternal peace, which is the spiritual peace. This eternal peace is the peace that we have with God. That's spiritual peace, eternal peace. Secondly, we have internal peace. That's the emotional peace. This is the peace that is within you, within yourself. And then we have number three, external peace. So you have 
eternal peace, internal peace, external peace, which is relational peace. This is the peace with other people. Now, we put those different kinds of peace in the order of priority and in the order of their importance. And these kinds of peace come exactly in that order. You can never reverse the order. The first peace being the spiritual peace or the eternal peace. This first kind of peace, Jesus came to give it to us. Only Jesus can give that peace. That is peace with God. This kind of peace is the most important. If you don't have it, you can never have the other kind of peace. If you don't have this peace, it doesn't matter what you do, you can never have peace within yourself, you can never have peace with others. See, it's almost like if you have no peace in your relationship with your husband, with your wife, with your friend, your beloved, whatever, how many of you know that if you're not at peace with one another, nothing else matters? Everything else that you do is just done mechanically. Nothing matters, nothing means anything. That is so true with this kind of peace. If you have no peace with God, nothing else matters. If you don't have the peace with God, it will affect every area of your life. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.18. The Bible tells us that Jesus came to restore peace between God and us. It says, and all of this is a gift from God. See, peace is a gift that God gives. It says, who brought us back to himself to, through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. In other words, God took the initiative to bring us back to him. To have peace with us. Why? Because anytime we go our own way. Anytime we tell God, I want to do it my way. I want to do my own thing. Anytime we tell God, I want to follow my own way. I want to follow my own morality. Anytime we tell God, I'll do what I want. It will bring tension between us and God. And so we need to be brought back and reconciled to God. And take God's ways. And embrace God's way of doing things. See, when we disobey God... And when we ignore his word, it becomes an act of rebellion. It's an act of revolt. And it puts me at conflict with God. Fight with everybody else. I tell you. Because nothing else matters. See, like what we heard from our Mary. If God be for you, who can stand against you? But let's change it. If everybody is on your side, Mara, God is against you. Doesn't matter at all. <clears throat> Jesus came to bring peace between us and God. God says, there's not going to be any peace between you and me if you don't do it my way. So in other words, we cannot have peace with God on our own terms. We cannot force God to take our way of living. We cannot force our own way or our own morality on God and expect God to be at peace with us. We can't go into rebellion and expect God 
to still be at peace with us. And when we are at, when we are in rebellion to God, what happens to us? We feel disconnected. There's nothing at said Barcelona has been disconnected from God. It doesn't matter who else is connected to you, who else Elin Sahau. But if you are disconnected from God, it's the worst thing you can ever have. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. See, when we do it our way, we follow things that we think lead to life. But if it is not God's path, if it is not God's way, it can only lead one way. It leads to death. Romans 5.1 says to us, Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In other words, the reason we have peace with God is not because of what we've done, it's because of what Jesus has done. See, peace from God doesn't come from our good works. Peace with God doesn't come because you are a good moral person. Some of you may be here, maybe you know that people, even if they haven't received Christ, they are good people. They are great moral people. They don't swear. They don't do all kinds of things. But even then, my dear friend, you cannot have peace with God on your own terms. Look at Acts chapter 10. There was a man there who was a great guy, says there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. He was a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment. Keep going till verse 6. Says he was a devout man. He feared God with all his household. He gave generously to people and he prayed to God always. He was even praying better than many of you. Look at your neighbor and say, why are you not saying amen? Is he talking about you or what? About the ninth hour of the day, he saw in a vision an angel of God coming and sent to him Cornelius. And when he observed the angel, he was afraid. He said, what is it, Lord? And the angel said, your prayers, your arms have come as a memorial before God. Now sent men to Joppa, sent for Simon, whose surname is Peter. Note verse 6, he is lodging with Simon a tenor, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. So God saw this guy is good, Mara, you know, he's so good that, but he doesn't have peace with me. And God, it's so sad for him to all have so good, Mara, Yeah. You can't have peace with God at your own terms. You've got to have an encounter with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Even if you're a good moral person, it's wonderful to be a good moral person, but this peace with God comes through Jesus Christ. It comes by us receiving him and accepting him. Can I hear an amen in the house? Can I hear another amen in the house? Can I hear another amen in the house? And so when we start with this kind of peace with God that comes by receiving Christ, then we go to the second part. Then the second kind of peace that we get therefore, because Jesus came into our lives, is now we get emotional peace or peace within ourselves. This kind of peace is what the Bible calls the peace of God. So in other words, when you have peace with God, only then can you have the peace of God inside of you. Sometimes the reason is because they don't have the peace of God. 
And that's why Bafirizela so. How many of you are sitting next to somebody of Firizela? Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Watch it. It's in you. To which you were also called in one body and be thankful. It says, let this peace operate in your heart. This means this peace is internal. This peace is inside. This peace touches us in our emotions. Now watch this, Barcelona. The word peace in the Bible is such an incredible word. And I was studying the story of Paul when he went on his journey to Troas. And when they met a storm that was so fierce that they ran into trouble sailing. And yet at night an angel appeared and assured him and Paul was at peace. I think I want to teach that message one day. And I started to realize something about this peace with God that brings the peace of God. The Hebrew word for peace is the word shalom, S-H-A-L-O-M. <coughs> and the Greek word, the Greek parallel of the word shalom is the word irene, spelled E-I-R-E-N-E, E-I-R-E-N-E in the Greek. Now, this word doesn't only mean the ending of hostilities, but it is such a full word when it talks about peace. What it means is well-being, happiness, harmony, serenity, completeness, wow, wholeness, Tranquility in the soul that is not affected by the outward pressures or circumstances. The Bible says, let that peace rule in your heart. Well-being, happiness, harmony, serenity, completeness, wholeness, tranquility in your soul. Even if things around may not be where they should be. In other words, the person in whom there is this shalom or the person in whom there is this irene has a calm inner stability that results in the ability to conduct themselves peacefully even in the midst of upsetting circumstances. In other words, even if they may be in a world where things are falling apart, when, when others would normally be very troubled, even if they are in the midst of things that are very nerve-wracking and traumatic and upsetting, they are still at peace. Wow. Watch this, Barcelona. What God's trying to tell us is that, like I said, remember, 790 words for peace. And so what God is telling us is this. Listen to this. God is saying, for every situation in your life, there's a special peace for that situation. Ah. For whatever you go through, there's a special peace. And that peace can rule in your heart. God is saying, whatever problem you have, I've got the corresponding peace. For those who have broken hearts, God is saying to you, I've got comforting peace for you. For those with confused hearts, God says, I've got guiding peace for you. For those with hearts that are ashamed, God says, I've got forgiving peace for you. 
For those whose hearts are worried, God says, I've got confident peace for you. God says, wherever you are, whatever you are going through, I can feel you. I can see you. I'm aware of you. Whatever it is that's coming your way, nothing too big for me, nothing too small for me, nothing too complex for me. I've got a special peace for your situation. And even in the midst of whatever you are in right now, you can be at peace. Peace! That God says, remember, you must first have peace with me. And once you get to know me and have peace with me, then I can grant you the peace of me. I'll give you the peace of me for every situation. So in God's word, there's, there's, there's a promise for every pressure you face. Are you facing financial pressures? There's a financial promise. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Do you have a physical problem? There's a physical healing promise. Himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses by his stripes. I'm here. God says, note, I don't want you to worry about anything. Be at peace. I'm going to show you how you can be at peace as we close. Thirdly, there's relational peace. This is peace with others. Note, you start first by having peace with God. And because you have peace with God, you start having the peace of God. See, how nice to then you become nice to others. In our family, there's a story we always tell. It's not a story we actually had somebody telling us. One of our uh, relatives who used to work uh, uh, as a domestic worker working for white people. And those days of apartheid, you know, I know it's still the same now, but it's better now. But those days, you know, we were really mistreated. Domestic workers were very mistreated. And this lady was so mistreated by her, 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 her uh, boss, well, a lady, her madam. That finally she just couldn't take it. She just spoke back. You know, those days you never spoke back to your madam. She just stood up to the madam and said, Madam, <laughs> if you are nice to me, I'm nice to you. Mara, <laughs> madam! If you bet to me, I bet to you. <laughs> but you see, sometimes the reason we are bad to people is because we don't have peace with God and we don't have peace in ourselves. Yeah. See, if you don't have peace within you, you cause trouble wherever you go. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 you find problems where there are no problems. You criticize where there's no need to be criticized. You find fault even when there's no fault. Even how can I fail? Oh. You know, how many of you are sitting next to tsunami right now? But you see, there's no way you can stop that tsunami if you don't have first a relationship with Christ. And when you have peace with God, then God will give you peace inside. And he will say to the tsunami inside, peace be still. And, and when you are at peace inside, you take the atmosphere with you. Wherever you go, you take the Irene and the Shalom. Shalom is in the house. 
Irene is in the house. Look at the other say, hello, Irene. Even if it's a guy, let's hello, Irene. Yeah. The further away we get from God, the more we will not have peace within ourselves. Some of you, you are here today, and that's why you, nothing satisfies you. Because you are so far from God. Yeah? I'm not saying it as a put down. I'm, I'm speaking to you and preaching to you as a minister of the gospel to try and give hope to you. No matter what you try to get, my friend. If this tsunami in here is not sorted, nothing else matters. Yeah. The further away we move from God, the more we will have we will, will not have peace within ourselves. And therefore, when we are away, we will always have conflict. And we will mess up all relationships. But Paul, in giving his testimony, he talks about how in his past life, he used to be such a tough guy. If you look at Paul Barcelona, he went around killing Christians and doing all kinds of things. Until in Acts chapter 9, he had an encounter with God. And from that time when he had an encounter with God, he was a different man. And sometimes people behave, and this is where Barcelona sometimes, you know, people say, no, my, my child was swenya, my husband was swenya, my wife was swenya. Pray for them to stop doing such and such. I said, they're not going to stop. You can't pray for them and say they must stop stealing. They're going to steal. As long as it's not still Kamu, they're going to keep stealing. As long as Mudima Sobachenchi Kamu, it's not going to work. So Paul was transformed by the power of God. Watch this in Acts chapter 2, reading from verse 1. When the early church encountered Christ, peace and unity became evident upon them. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord, in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues as of fire set upon each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. When God begins to dwell in your life, they began to speak with tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance, keep going. It says, and they were in Jerusalem. Note, in Jerusalem, there were Jews. Somebody say Jews. Devoutment from every nation under the heaven. People came from all over the world. Look at them. Verse 7. I love it. It says, and when the sound occurred, the multitude came together. They were confused. They heard these people speak in a, a different language. Verse 7. They were all amazed. They marveled, saying to one another, look, aren't all these people Galileans? How is it that we hear them speak a language in which we were born? There were Parthians, Medans, Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, keep going, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya adjoining Siren, visitors from Rome, Jews and proselytes, Christians, Arabs, we hear them speak in our own language, the wonderful works of God. Keep going, please. So they were all amazed, perplexed, saying to one another, what could this mean? Others were mocking, they were saying, I want to Go to verse 44. Skip to verse 44. Now, all who believed were together. Somebody say, together. Yeah. Notice says they had all things in common. Somebody say, all things in common. Oh. Next verse, keep going. It says, they, they sold their possession goods, divided them among one another, gave to everybody who had need. Keep going. So every day they continued in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. When the Spirit came among God's people, when they received 
peace with God. And when they started having the peace of God, then they started relating with one another. Some of us is because we're not really not allowing that peace to work in our lives. That's why we are fighting with people. Amen. See, in Christ, it's only Christ who equalizes everything. Galatians 3. It's only us knowing Christ that levels the playing fields, comrades. It says, for you are all the sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Know what it says. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and you are heirs according to the promise. See, it's, 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 it's when we get the peace of God and because of the peace of God, we have, the, we have, we have peace with it. When we, have, when we have peace with God and because of peace with God, we have the peace of God and after we have the peace of God, we have peace among one another. Because if I'm at peace in me, I'm not going to want to fight with you. And if I have peace inside of me, I will accept you for who you are. Oh, yeah. But it just shows that even born-again Christians don't know how to live in that peace. So how can we experience this peace as we close? The first step is you need to experience the Christ of Christmas. You must experience a moment of clarity when God speaks to you through his word. As you're listening to God's word today, respond to God's word. Wherever you are on the peace index, respond to God. This moment of clarity comes when we encounter heaven, encounter with God. And the truth of the word shows us the real state of our lives. Basalana, when God speaks to us through his word, let's not fight. When you come into an environment like this, there's something about the preaching Something about the word of God that God will shine a light on your true state. Skaloana. Skaroibam lelezekana. Lina kutsiba sinna. Kimudimo kutsiba. Murduwal, I'm glad that you are here because I've put you in my notes. I'm glad you are here. Because Murduwala's testimony always reminds me. He, he came to our church, not willingly, under protest, years ago. Himself says, all the years he heard about our church, he wasn't very positive about the church. <clears throat> he wasn't positive about me. <laughs> and then he said he came to church after arguing with so many people about the things of God, and he says he came that day because he really wanted to show them what a clever he is. He says as, as, as he sat in the church and he was sitting cynically there analyzing everything that I was saying. Like some of you right now. <laughs> he says, but when I made an altar call, he says he doesn't know what happened. All the arguments in his mind, it was like God pressed an e, a, heavenly, a heavenly delete button. <coughs> he says his mind went blank. 
Something began to happen to him. Before he knew where he was, he found himself standing in front. And since that day, he received Christ. Right now, we would like to give the Lord a big hand. See, when, when the light of God comes, when that moment of clarity hits you, you don't need to try and run around. In Acts chapter 16, verse 14, we read about a lady by the name of Lydia. It says, now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the day of Thyatira who worshipped God. It says, the Lord opened her heart. When God opens your heart, please do not say no. Can I hear an amen? amen? Paul had a moment like that in Acts chapter 26. In verse 15, he says, when he had an encounter with Christ, he said, who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting. Verse 16, he says, but rise and stand on your feet. I've appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness of the things you have seen. And I will reveal them to you. Somebody say, I will reveal them to you. He says, I'm sending you to open their eyes. See, when God opens your eyes and you start seeing the truth, if you are here and your eyes open and you realize how wrong you were about God and you realize how wrong you were about being saved and you realize how wrong you were about the power of God and you realize how wrong you were about your life, you thought everything is fine, you thought everything is good, but as you sat under the light, you realize how lost you are. You realize you have no peace. You realize you all thought everything's well. As you sit here, please don't turn away. It's when you respond that the peace of God can come into your life. And peace with God can come with your life. Oftentimes, people come into your presence like this. When people come into a place like this, sometimes people go into denial. See, denial makes you to blame others for your problems. See, sometimes as you preach, God shows you your problems are self-made. Your problems is because of the decisions you made, the company you keep. Your problems is because of the things you say. And when God shows you the truth, don't turn and blame others. Make sure that you are not walking in self-deceit. There are people who have deceived themselves. Luke eleven thirty-five. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, therefore, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. What is he saying? He's saying, just make sure that you have not deceived yourself. Just make sure what, you, what you've been embracing, what you think is the thing, that it's not misleading you. Yeah. When light comes and God shows you where you really are, respond to him today. Can I have an amen? amen. Many times people cannot have the peace with God because even when that light comes, they rebel. They try to do things their way. But Isaiah 48, 18 says, oh, that you have heeded my commandments. Listen to what God says. Oh, that you had heeded my commandment. Then your peace would have come like a river. If we don't listen to God's commandment, we can kiss peace goodbye. It's not going to come. It's not going to come in our terms. God says, the problem is you didn't want to use me as a standard. You didn't want to embrace my way. You didn't want to obey me. Number two, to have this peace, you must express an attitude of humility. 
See, humility, Barcelona, is the pathway to God's peace. Pride is the pathway to conflict. Usually when there's ego and pride, that always is a door for conflict. When we come to God, we must put our pride aside. We must put our ego aside. James 4, 6 says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud. Can you imagine God standing against you? You know, I don't mind if other people are against me, but I imagine God. Hey, I want God on my side. I don't know about you, huh? I want to go on his side. Let's have that verse again. God resists the proud, but not what he does. He gives grace to the humble. Wow. Humble people is those who acknowledge they need God's help. God is moved when we say, you know what, God? I tried my way, but I'm stopping to try it my way. I want to do it your way. I tell you. That's why we mustn't shy away. You know, when I was a young Christian, it used to bother me when say, people say, yeah, you went to Christ because you're frustrated. Because I'm a defender, no. And then I realized, why not? Can I kill a frown? Of course, yes. I was dysfunctional. Of course, yes. But what I like is that he didn't leave me like that. I went to God because I needed help. Let's not be afraid, Basalana, to respond to God. When we know God is talking to us, let's not let our little big egos keep us from responding from God. Let's not be so nice that even when the Spirit of God is working among us, we're not going to respond. Can I hear an amen in that? Hallelujah. 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 Let me conclude, Basalana. Last verse, Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11, verse 28. Number three then, expect Jesus to help you. Expect Jesus to help you. Number one, have clarity. Number two, be humble. Number three, expect Jesus to help you. Look at that verse, Basil, and keep that verse for a while. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, come to me. Come to me. All you who are heavily laden. He says, I will give you rest. Eh? Come to me. Mamelang, come to me. He says, see, see, peace is not from anything. It's from a person. Peace is a person. His name is Jesus. He says, come to me. Come to me. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. God says, don't deny. Hurufra. You can see your life is falling apart. Own up. Be real. Come to me. All you who labor, says I'll give you rest. It's another form of the word peace. He says, rest is not from anywhere else. Next verse. One translation says, I'll give you rest for, my, for your soul. He says, take my yoke upon you. I'm going to come from on that. And, 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 and learn from me. He says, I am gentle, lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. People know how to rest their bodies. They know how to rest their muscles. But my goodness, there's another rest that people don't know about. It's when your soul is at rest. 
Oh, I tell you, when your soul is at rest, it doesn't matter what everything else is falling apart around you. Your soul is at rest. Jesus says, I'm the only one who can give that kind of rest. Anna, you can't get it at a spa. It will just be your body. He says, I will give you rest. Can I hear an amen? This kind of rest, even if you are at rest. This kind of rest, even if you don't have a car, you are at rest. This kind of rest, even if you don't have food on the table, you are at rest. This kind of rest, even if you don't have the world's good, you are at rest. This kind of rest, even if people stand against you and they insult you and they talk about you, you are at rest. Jesus says, you got to come to me. In other words, take the active step. Be proactive. And stand like and behave like. Everything is okay. He says, come to me. Come to me. All you have laid in says, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke. Verse, next verse. Take my yoke. Take my yoke. Take my yoke. Take my yoke. Let me show you what a yoke is. See, it's, it's a wooden thing that they put on, on, on farm animals. See, you see this animal. It's all by, and a first one, first one. First animal, first donkey. Oh, it's a king, king, king. It's not a donkey. It's a cow, whatever it is, yeah. See, it's, it's pulling all that weight by itself. Look at it. Pulling these two guys. It's yoked up. This is how some of you look like you're trying to do life by yourself. You are, you are doing your best to sort it out yourself. Ubalidi nervous breakdown, no? Ubalidi high high. You have to take sleeping tablets. And Jesus is saying, why? Next picture. Jesus says, I want to come side by side with you. yoke up with you. I want to do life with you. I want to walk with you. I want to be with you wherever you go. And in case you don't understand, my back is stronger than your back. My strength is more than your strength. I will last more than you. If you can't walk, I will carry you. I will pull this thing together with you. Why are you trying to do life by yourself? Come to me. And yoke up with me. Says my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In other words, even when you go through stuff, but how you made it through when you were not working, when you didn't have a job, but how you made it through when you were given two months to live, three months to live, but when they all walked away from you, you are still there, they don't understand. Jesus was standing there side by side with you, wherever you go. He wants to yoke up together with you. Jesus says, all you need to do is to come. All you need to do is to come. All you need to do is to come. 
There's two groups of people I want to call today. First group, those of you who don't know Christ yet. And you're laboring. Weary. Tired. Maybe you came here with the shore. But as you said, you realize that God is different. His word is different. You realize it's him who can change your life. It's him who can transform you. That moment of reality, that moment of clarity has come. Like Murutiwala, it's come. You realize you need to give your life to Christ. I want to invite you. I want to invite you. I want to invite you. Why don't you turn from your ways today? Why don't you admit and be humble and say, God, I've tried my own way. I want to do it your way now. Here's my broken life. Here's my dysfunctional life. I want to give it to you. Those of you who are watching in the other churches, you can do the same. Those of you in the overflow hall, you can do the same. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, he's here today. Unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. Peace of God today. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, everybody? Our heads bowed, please. Our eyes closed. People not moving around. Just give me a few minutes, please. If you are here, whether you are in this auditorium, in the overflow, or you're watching from other sides, and you say, you know what? If I was to tell the truth, I've never had an encounter with Jesus. Though I may be a good person, though I may go to church, though I may quote scriptures, even sing songs. But if I was to tell the truth, I don't remember making a personal commitment. Now I want to respond to the call of Jesus when he says, come. I want to come. I want to come. So right where you are, our heads bowed, our eyes are closed. If you say, please pray for me. Today, I want to take a step to come to Christ. Please pray for me. Raise your hand. Thank you. Raise it high. Don't be afraid. Raise it high. That's right. All over this place.